Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror Jason films that you can stream exclusively, not exclusively, that you can stream on the internet. I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to riff. I need to stop. There's a script in front of me. Rachel, follow the script. <laughs> Today, we're going to be reviewing a little film called The Last Thing Mary Saw. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is uh, the book that foretells mysterious and sinister tales of drinking box wine and logging onto the dark web to shop for snow dog movies. Mars! <laughs> Hello. Hello! Oh my god, I feel like you and I haven't done this alone in so long. I know. It feels, I feel out of practice almost. That's why I'm, clearly I'm out of breath. <laughs> I think I've made that very obvious. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good to hear your voice though. How have you been? What have you been up to? Give me the tea. I've been good. I mean, a lot of normal stuff, you know, supply chain logistics is oh my what god. it is. And yes, your job must be so fun. It's you know <laughs> I guess. I can't complain about the fact that it's uh, it's never boring. That's, That's true. for sure. And yeah. job security is through the roof because really nobody wants to do this job. So the people who do you stick feel around like and do you're it, like a fragile little Fabergé egg. Everybody has to treat you so carefully because they're like, please, nothing fuck up the supply chain more. <laughs> I feel I, like they should be shipping in people to fan you with palm fronds and refresh your beverages. I'm sure that's how it is, right? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely don't take a lunch break because there's just a whole team of servants feeding me grapes and not because right. I'm like, deadlines, 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 deadlines. <laughs> gotta get the boat. Gotta get on the boat. Gotta get on the boat. But, uh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I've been pretty good uh the lover and i went to an amusement park last weekend called what? oaks bottom mileage wise it's only like 20 miles from gresham but it's surface streets or city streets you know so it takes about 40 45 minutes to get there uh -huh. but it was so much fun we just I went out of an amusement park it was so fun and like i've always wanted to go it's one of those portland things that i just never got around to going and doing and it was so much fun and it was we just spent five hours just riding rides and eating corn dogs and oh go-karts it was so much fun oh my god that looks so fun i'm looking i of course immediately pulled up a website and there looks like there's some decent rides there yeah it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Like, I really thought we were going to show up and it was going to be like a ring toss and a Ferris wheel. But there are some real rides there. Yeah, no, there's legitimate roller coasters. Are you a, a roller coaster person? I realize in all of our years of friendship, we've never been to a amusement park. So I don't know if you're a roller coaster person or not. I am not. <laughs> I am... Oh, no. That would explain why we've never been to one. <laughs> Mysteries are being solved. Yep. <laughs> we So he really wanted to go on that that oh i can't think of what it's called now but the biggest roller coaster they have there he really wanted to go and it's one of the ones that starts out where you're just going oh, vertically up so you're facing I the sky it. yeah and I, I was like i'm not doing it i'm not doing it i'm not doing it and he's like we didn't come all the way out here to not ride the roller coaster and i was like i need to level up so we started on the little rides and then like <laughs> i think we actually ended up riding everything that was there except for we didn't do the carousel and we didn't do the ferris wheel Ferris wheels are the scariest part. 
Yeah, I I like a Ferris wheel. You do. But, yeah. I find them very. I mean, I will do them, but I find them to be scarier than roller coasters. Really? I think it. Yes, because I think what it is is with the roller coasters that are moving fast, and I'm like, okay, physics are on my side. Whereas the Ferris wheel, when you go over that edge, you're like, Ooh, it feels fragile to me. I don't know. I like I like a Ferris wheel, but roller coasters, and I've never been on like a big roller coaster. I've never been on a roller really? coaster that goes upside down or anything like that. It fucking terrifies me so much. And in the oh end, God. I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it. And we were like getting in line and I started shaking. And I was oh, like, Marcy. And so he was like, never mind, never mind. We'll do it. The other-. He was like, next time. Well, next time. We could do it next time. Never mind. And I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> But do you eventually did do it? No, I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, did he go by himself? No, we ended up leaving because it was maybe a half hour before the park closed okay. when we were finally, when I, because I'd been dragging my ass about this roller coaster because we're like, um, you know what? I'm suddenly hungry. We should go get chicken strips before we do this. And like, <laughs> just stalling hardcore and did basically everything else. And then it was like the last half hour and he's like, we got to go now if we're going to do this. So then we ended up not doing it. But we're going to, um, Hurley wants to go. Her uh-huh. sister wants to go. They've also never been. And so it's something that we, because so, it was closed for so long because mm-hmm. of COVID. Yeah. And so when it finally opened up again, we were like, oh, we're going to go. And we just never got around to it. And so we're definitely going to go back. I'm going to try to have the balls to go on this roller coaster. You can totally do it. I and believe it, in you. And it's really not that long. So at mm-hmm. least if I do it and it terrifies me, I have this the knowledge of this ride lasts a minute and a half. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> totally. And the droppy ones are always the one that scare me the most, too. At California Adventure, there's like a, um, what is it called? A Guardians of the Galaxy ride that is just drops. And it is oh. so scary. <laughs> oh it was God. funny because I got on it and there was this girl next to me with her grandma. We had been talking in line. And she kept telling her, like, I promise, Grandma, it's not scary. It's not scary. So we, we go on it. The whole time, I'm screaming. We get off the ride. I looked at the kid. I was like, you lied. <laughs> like, that was fucking scary, kid. <laughs> Me and Grandma were eyeballing each other. And Randy and the little kid were like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> we're like, they, they're liars. They us, we would be fine. <laughs> that, was, that was a lie. <laughs> that was a lie. Uh, but, well... I don't know that any of the rides go upside down in Disneyland. So I think you'll be fine. Okay. I know for certain that neither of the Star Wars rides do. Okay. One of them's like being in a little car that drives around. Okay. And one of them, you're inside a ship that kind of just like the whole room moves. Oh, okay. So you'll be fine on those. Yeah, those those sound like things. Because I can't, I mean, we went on every ride and I'm pretty sure regardless the whole time it was just me going, <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so fun when we go <laughs> and we did one where it ratchets you up to the top and then it's just like a free fall a couple of times yeah you know and I that's didn't those are the ones it. that scare me i didn't want to do it but i went on it anyway and i the whole time eyes closed didn't open them once just sat there squealing with my eyes shut <laughs> see my problem is is i'm so blind without my glasses and i have to take mine off so every ride for the most <laughs> part it's like my eyes are closed <laughs> <laughs> just like when I went on Space Mountain, which is a dark ride, there are lights, but not if you don't can't if you're blind. Like <laughs> this, I think I maybe saw some sources of light at some point, but I have no idea what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I promise yeah. you'll be fine. 
It's it's meant for little kids, so. Oh, okay. You'll so it'll right. probably still terrify me, but at least it can be like It'll be manageable terror. <laughs> and then we'll build up to roller coasters. <laughs> you can do it. I believe you. I believe you. All right. So I feel warmed up. You feel warmed up? Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our review of The Last Thing Mary Saw. All right. We are back. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so ready to geek out about this movie with you. It's been so long since I've gotten a a genuine Mars recap that my body is ready. I bet the listeners are ready. So, But before we do that, Mars, can you please remind our listeners what our spoiler policy is? Our spoiler policy is that we are about to spoil the entire movie from beginning to end. We're going to talk about it as much as I can remember of it. I did take notes, but I found this one really hard to create. Like, here's the flow of the movie and here's how it goes. Yeah. But So I'm going to try, but we are going right. to spoil as much of it as we possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is our mission. Yeah. My opinion is that if you haven't seen it, you definitely should see it before we spoil it. Because... Mm-hmm. There are some unexpected. Oh yeah, there are turns. some plot twists and turns and mm-hmm. characters that come out of nowhere. Yep. So, so if you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch it, and then come back. If you have, uh, settle in. <laughs> <laughs> come on this journey with us. All right. So first things first, you picked this movie. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide on the last thing Mary saw? So I had, because you had been trying to get me to watch Fear Street for so long, and Indeed. I just hadn't, hadn't gotten around to it, hadn't gotten around to it. And then finally one day I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to break my normal movie watching cycle and just watch Fear Street, all three of them. So I watched all three of them, really liked it. And then the next thing I watched was just by chance, the last thing Mary saw. And I thought the coincidence was crazy that I just watched Fear Street, which was about you know, persecution of LGBTQ characters. And then I watched the last thing Mary saw, which is also that. Yeah, that uh, I'm now that I've seen it, I'm like, this makes perfect sense. They're a total perfect double feature. Right. And it was weird because I just chose it randomly. I just found it on Shutter and I was like, well, this looks interesting. So I didn't read into the plot or anything, chose it. And then I was telling you about it because I was like, oh, I finally watched Fear Street. And then I also watched this other movie after it. And it was weirdly connected. And uh-huh. you had said that you'd been wanting to see this, and mm-hmm. you hadn't yet, so yep. uh, we used it as the opportunity to force Rachel to watch something she's been meaning to watch anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's the story of my life. If I don't see something right when it comes out, shit just keeps coming, you know? There's always a backlog, and stuff falls off the radar, which is why it's oh, I'm always so grateful when you're like, oh, here's this movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah! yeah. That was a thing that I was determined to see and then completely forgot about. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Which happens all the time. In fact, I watched something this week for Zombie Girls. I need to know if you've seen it. It's called Fresh. No. You have Hulu? Yes. It's on Hulu. Okay. It is. It has Sebastian Stan in it. Oh. And it starts like a rom-com, but it ain't a rom-com. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I really, because we're already covering it on Zombie Girls, we can't really do it on here. But I'm dying to know what you think of this movie. <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about it. We, Randy and I went for a walk today and there's something that happens in it. And he's like, I just keep thinking about the leg. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about the leg. <laughs> I was like, I also cannot stop thinking about the leg. 
All right, then it's on my list. I'm doing All it. All right. Yes. You and uh, the lover should give it a watch. And let me yes. know what you think. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. So I am very bad at this. So I forgot to do the research until literally a minute before we recorded. So this background is going to be real short this time. <laughs> All right. So this film was written and directed by Eduardo Vitaletti. This is actually his first feature film. Prior to this, he had done a short. He is originally from Italy, but moved here and went to school in the U.S. where he started working with actual professional crews. I think he did some stuff kind of back in Italy prior to this. But he basically joked about how moving from shorts to this, he did not really think about how different it would be and uh, was like, maybe I should have done that. Because <laughs> I think it was a little bit of a trial by fire. Yeah, that's a... That's a steep learning curve if you're not. Prepared. Yeah, that'd be like me basically trying to do a movie. So he was inspired by what he had been studying a bunch of Scandinavian art, particularly the paintings from the 19th century, where it was like a lot of still lifes with female subjects in these big palatial houses and a lot of funeral scenes. And he started noticing that there was a lot of these themes coming up, and he found himself wondering about like, what was happening behind these paintings? What were the lives of the people in these paintings and in these sort of austere settings? And so he has a very religious background and he was seeing a lot of religious iconography in these things. And it started feeding into these ideas that he had around, you know, some of the problems he had with religion. He grew up Catholic. He doesn't have an issue necessarily with Catholic, the Catholic Church, but he does dislike how people interpret it. And the way that people will be like, God loves you, but he doesn't love you if you get divorced or he doesn't love you if you're not straight. And he grew up kind of thinking, being confused about how love and and acceptance could be separate things. And so that was kind of his his thinking when he was writing this film was to kind of expose that hypocrisy. Interesting. Yeah. So as far as what he has going on next, he is working on something that he's being very cagey in this interview I read with him about what it is. He just said that basically he is another period piece. It may or may not be horror and he'll share more in the near future. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that is what is going on with our boy Eduardo. Again, I apologize. This was not a great research on my part, but this movie does not even have a Wikipedia. So I couldn't fake it. (laughs) (laughs) There is one Wikipedia entry for it, but it's in German and I translated it, but there was just not really a ton of detail there. But still, it seems really interesting. And this is a really interesting first feature. I have to say. Seriously. I feel like, I feel like that. We do that on accident a lot where we keep picking movies that someone's it's their first feature Mm -hmm. and it is good, you know, like it's I don't know how we keep doing that on accident. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely there's some duds out there, but we have got we've had fairly decent luck, I think. I think we're due for a dud. Fortunately, we're doing well, we're about to do some Hellraisers. So Mm. (laughs) the next episode. So duds are imminent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into this bad boy. Tell me about this movie, Mars. So this movie, it's one of those movies that starts at the end, and then we get the story of what led us to where we start out. And it begins with men discussing what to do with Mary. And when we finally see Mary, it's in like an interrogation sort of thing. She's got a blindfold on. She's got blood coming out of underneath the blindfold where her eyes are. And the first thing they have her do is recite the Lord's Prayer at gunpoint. 
which this shot was so cool. Yeah, it I was loved actually it. really creepy and cool. Yeah. There's several times where people are made to recite, you know, Bible verses or the Lord's Prayer or whatever as proof that they're not, I mean, witches, I guess, or evil in some way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that much about any religion, truly, but, yeah. you know, one of those things that's like, I see it in horror movies all the time. That's the only reason why I know this, where if you are possessed or a witch, then you're not supposed to be able to complete the Lord's Prayer or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. So she, of course, completes it, and the men lower their guns, and they leave her alone with um, some sort of whatever 1895 version of a cop would be. <laughs> He's some sort of witch finder general, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> find a general <laughs> and he's you know visibly upset of, with the circumstances and he shows a little bit of apprehension about finding out what truly happened but regardless he asks mary to tell her story i think it's interesting usually these witch finder general types are all bought in and ready to kill the witch that's their vibe they want to you know they're kind of confident and sadistic or is he is so afraid of knowledge which to me is a really kind of telling an interesting twist on this type of character, because I think that that's actually more of a core hidden trait in these types of characters that you don't ever see represented, that there is a fear of knowledge and fear of power that comes yeah. with knowledge. It's not subtextual with him. It's fully textual. Like, he's like, I'm afraid that I'm going to learn something if I listen to this book. I'm afraid I'm going to learn something if I listen to what you tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and he and I mean, he does it anyway, but I, I think that is interesting because usually you get those characters that are very like, oh, she's got a mole on her pinky. That's the sign of a witch, you know, right. they're just trying to find any reason to burn a witch. And he's just sort of like, oh, it's really like a don't. false bravado or a pride of ignorance in those mm -hmm. people. They compensate by pretending to be the most knowledgeable or like believing they're the most knowledgeable where this guy knows he doesn't know something and is afraid to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he also has the tiny book that keeps yeah. causing all the problems. Yeah. So Mary begins telling her story, and this is when we kind of go back into the, the past, and that leads us to this room and Mary's blindfold. But Mary's parents, they go to her grandmother, who's the matriarch of this family, and they, essentially, they're ratting her out for being in a relationship with the maid. Yeah. And they're trying to get, you know, the maid removed from the house and things, and the grandma instead tells... The, her son to call for her his brother and it's just a gathering of the family at the house and this is when the corrections begin yeah so it's i mean we start out right away there's no oh are they gonna get caught it starts out they've been caught and they are made to kneel in in rice and recite bible verses which mary can do but eleanor the maid cannot and it's just I mean, I know it's rice, it's not nails, but, but like... That is actually a form of torture. I don't know if you yeah. know this, but it's actually yeah. a form of torture. It doesn't hurt at first, and then it gets excruciating. Oh, God. And when she stands up, and you can see, oh, her yeah. knees, and, yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever see the movie Dead Silence? That's like the ventriloquist dummy. No. Uh, I've seen it on streaming services in the picture and everything, but I've never actually watched it. Okay, so the grandma is the main ghost in that movie. Oh. <laughs> so the whole time I was watching, I was like, it's Mary Shaw, it's Mary Shaw, it's Mary Shaw, it's Mary Shaw, she's going to rip off your jaw. It's Mary Shaw. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk. <laughs> so Mary does a little bit better than Eleanor through this correction, but 
still not great not a great situation and meanwhile her little brother matthew who's a he's a child uh kind of witnesses the whole thing which is important later so later mary's uncle who is just creepy that guy just has a creepy vibe but he's hanging out outside when he comes and uh, matthew wanders up to him and her uncle kind of explains in a very like oh well this is just the way things go kind of way I don't know. It's one of those things where he's trying to explain what to Matthew, what he saw, but not in like a, oh, well, this is what happened. But in like, this is what happens when you do things like this. And he tells a story about how the groundskeeper doesn't leave the property because he tried once and Matthew's father chased him down and broke his legs. And now he stays on the property forever. Yeah, I didn't quite understand the dynamic of that, why he was not allowed to leave. Yeah, I don't really know unless it's like a servant thing is he an indentured servant i wonder yeah because it you know that time right (laughs) yeah right or i mean it could always be because of the super religious thing of being like no you have to stay and persevere through your work and you don't get the easy out of running away in daylight but i don't know i don't know there are a lot of questions i have about certain aspects of this movie that i just couldn't pick up on okay i'm glad it's not just me okay that's good that's good (laughs) yep me too okay good 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 (laughs) so later mary and eleanor are having a conversation where mary's like we just need to give it some time we need to cool it we need to spend some time apart and eleanor's very upset about this and you know, Mary's like, it'll be fine. It'll blow over. We just need to not be seen together for a while. And then the family will get over it. And her little brother. Oh, shit. This whole part is so upsetting. Her little brother is spying by standing mm-hmm. on a box and looking through the grate. And he steps on a splinter and he gets just what will become the worst part of this movie. Oh, right. Of course. <sighs> of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the maid, Eleanor, goes out to the groundskeeper to bring him a snack, just some gruel or something like that. It did and not look edible. It did not look edible at all. I was like, it is like... she giving him a bowl of bird shit? What <laughs> yeah. is this? It looked like wet gravel. It like, was it, weird. It was real weird. But she's trying to bring him food, and he gives them. he gives her a speech about how what keeps them tied to this house and this family is fear and not devotion despite the family making it or wanting them to believe that it's devotion and not fear but it's fear and then he rejects the food and tells her to go feed it to the chickens so she goes to feed the food to the chickens and then gets this idea of maybe we can bribe the groundskeeper into letting us run away to the chicken coop at night and that way we can still be together so she gets this plan where she's gonna bribe the groundskeeper and then she and Mary can still see each other at night by hiding in the chicken coop. Yeah. Meanwhile, Matthew goes to bed and Mary goes in to tell him, you know, to turn out the light and say goodnight and everything and discovers the splinter, which she works out of his foot. And I, I... I could not even watch it. No, I'm not even kidding. I had to look away. Oh, just watching that thing emerge from his it, foot. It did oh. emerge. There was emergence. Oh, yeah, it was. It was pretty gnarly. Feet don't really freak me out, but. Just what was happening at the bottom of that foot, something was coming out of the flesh in that manner, was upsetting. So add to that foot stuff and... And just the the fact that the splinter, the more of it that emerged, the bigger the splinter was, you know, because it looked small when she first started. And then the fact that the wound just had to keep stretching open 
to let the, uh, uh, it was yeah i mean it was quick but it also was a million years right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it felt like it took forever and i had to look away and it makes my stomach tense thinking about it and oh in the last couple of weeks three people dm me movies that i should make you watch because of foot stuff and i just want to tell you for the record I'm taking none of their recommendations, <laughs> just so you know. Because I, 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 I just want you to know that I don't do this to you on purpose. You picked this one, so you can't be mad at me for this one. But I feel like every time we pick a movie, there's some foot scene. And, and I, I, movies I watch without you, no feet. <laughs> movies I watch with you, 99% of the time, foot. And unfortunately, more than half the time, it's me who picked the movie, not yeah. knowing it was going to happen. Oh, what was the one where she uses her foot blood to paint a message on the wall? Yeah, don't knock twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then the one, the foot vagina. You're going to have to be more specific. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sad to report you actually have to be more specific because <laughs> we've seen so much foot vagina trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it there was, was the, revenge, but I don't know that, if that was the foot vagina. I don't know if that had a foot vagina. I think it's that one where he's chasing her down the dirt road and yes. steps on the glass. Yes. <sighs> yeah, that one is. That one's gnarly, dude. That one is bad. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> People also will send me things and be like, don't show Mars this. Ha ha ha. And I don't. I don't. <laughs> There have been some very upsetting, uh, um, there was a pair of tights that someone sent me a picture of where that had individual toes that were painted. Oh, I saw that. Unfortunately, that. I saw that. Okay, and for sorry. A while, whenever I close my eyes, I see that. Yeah, and they don't fit, so they're kind of like, it almost looks like someone has skinned a water-bloated yeah. body and put it on like it's a boot. <laughs> but i just want you to know i didn't send it to you <laughs> people only... try to send me try people try to send me things to send you to fuck you up but i don't do it <laughs> the only the only way i can make that palatable in my brain is i'm like just imagine pretend it's an alien who's like we must assimilate i've made a human suit and the other aliens are yeah. like i don't think so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think craig i don't think that's gonna work he's like no 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 it's perfect I even got the toenails. Look at the toenails. Look, I even Did you see the, the toenails. toenails? <laughs> All right, Craig, you can give it a shot, but I don't see this going well. <laughs> oh, Craig. Craig. Craig, oh. the hopeful alien. It's Xerxes 5 all over again. <laughs> he just cannot get it together. Another Earth now, huh? I'm like, great. Just another planet that we can't go back to. Perfect. <laughs> okay, that's better than my waterlogged dead corpse foot thing. <laughs> It's slightly more heartwarming and family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. So back to prying the splinter out of the foot. So the splinter makes it out of the foot and Eleanor makes the deal. And then she and Mary go to the ch chicken coop. But grandma knows something's up. She, oh, that scene where she's drinking her tea and then she just looks directly into the camera. Uh-huh. And that creepy, oh my god, it is actually chilling that, like, oh, oh, I know something's going down kind of look. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where she's excited to get to punish someone for yeah. something. Yeah. <sighs> oh. She does love those corrections a lot. She does love those corrections for sure. 
Sorry, I took like the worst fucking notes. It was so this movie was hard to it, it was keep tough. track of the plot because it was like these little just individual minute long shots, if that. Mm. You know what I mean? They were all plot points that needed to happen, but to write them down does not create yeah. like a cohesive flow. So I keep finding these little notes where I'm like, the fuck is this even mean? <laughs> <laughs> What you mean? For that whole scene, you know what I wrote? All what? I wrote was, Grandma knows something. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wrote. I've tried to go off memory of what did last night Mars mean by Grandma and knows something. doesn't make it any easier that there's out of sequence. And also, there are like large stretches of this movie that are without explanation. They just yeah. occur. And you're like, maybe they'll tie back in. Maybe they won't. Maybe yeah. this is just a mood moment. So much of it is off camera, too. Yeah. I know plot points happen, but they don't happen where you see them. Yeah. This one, yeah. This one's, and it's funny because, like, in watching it, it makes a cohesive story for me. Right. I can watch the progression and understand what's, where we're going. Yeah. But then I'm looking at my notes and I'm trying to, like, say it out loud. And I'm like, what the fuck was I even going for with this? All right. Well, uh, I guess Grandma knows something. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully she knows the next plot point yeah. we sure don't hopefully she knows more than i do <laughs> so uh mary and eleanor get another correction for being caught making eye contact or something uh -huh. ridiculous right. like that yes and then the groundskeeper reveals to eleanor that he's got this pouch of poison berries but he doesn't have the guts to use them uh -huh. and he gives her one so he tells her to go to the take it to the chicken coop to test it on the chicken but not to like don't indulge. Yeah. Yeah. But they do. Right. Previous to that, Mary's father starts to question. He's talking with her, with his wife about right. whether or not these corrections need to continue. Because mm -hmm. he's starting to have reservations of, like, there could be consequences to this. And the, the his wife is like, what are you even talking about? This has to happen. They're evil, obviously. And, we, you know, this is what's right. But he's starting to have reservations about it. And he's starting right. to question whether or not that this needs to continue or whether or not they're even in the right to be doing this. Uh-huh. And it, it turns out it's because he's got some guilt yeah. hanging on him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I would love to know the backstory of how he got the book. Right? There's like, so many left hanging things like, that I'm like, more information, please. Yeah. And why he wanted the book or what even is the book. Right. I have so many questions about the tiny book. Correct. I also have questions. <laughs> <laughs> because the book is interesting. Yeah. It's a fresh kind of bit of mythology that I don't know that I've... I mean, obviously, we've seen cursed books and stuff, but mm -hmm. this one doesn't feel like a Necronomicon. It is very much its own thing. And I get the ideas, the temptation of knowledge and the power of knowledge and and the corruption, potentially, of knowledge. It, it, those are interesting thematically. But I'm also just kind of interested in the mythology. I'd like to know more. Yeah, I have many questions. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. many questions on the tiny book. So Mary and Eleanor are in the, are in the chicken coop. They're about to test one of these poison berries on one of these poor chickens. I know. And Mary doesn't want to do it. She's trying to talk Eleanor out of it. And she's saying, like, we could just run away. We could just go. We don't need to murder anyone. And Eleanor doesn't want to leave the groundskeeper behind because she says that he deserves just as much as they do to leave. But he can't run because of his mangled ass knees. So they're in the chicken coop. They, of course, hang out. The groundskeeper told them to just test the chicken and then leave. And, of course, they just hang out. But meanwhile, Matthew wakes up. For inexplicably removes his bandage from his splinter wound and then walks around on the splinter wound. But he leaves a series of bloody footprints, which are discovered by his uncle, who is enjoying an apple just a little bit too much. A little too much. An oh. apple is nice, but calm down. Right? Yeah. 
It's not an avocado. Chill out. It's fine. And I, I get that in this time and in this place, maybe fresh fruit was not exactly a common occurrence. So I can understand being like, oh, fruit. But like, that's a little much. That was a little much. So it's discovered that Matthew has gone out to the chicken coop to spy on Mary and Eleanor again. Creep. Uh, little yeah. creep. Yeah. And so they're in the chicken coop. They're reading from the book that El- or Mary has stolen from her father. Or, or at least we find out later she stole it from her father. And it's this creepy little... The best way I can describe it is it's sort of like an Aesop's fables, but yeah. scary. Yeah. Because it's like learning tales, mm-hmm. but not your average, like, you should be kind to people, but more so, like, I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. And the pictures in it are very interesting. But they're sitting there reading when they notice that Matthew is watching them through a crack in the wall. And Mary tries to get him to go back to the house. But then the lantern goes out, and then Grandma's in the chicken coop, and then Grandma's levitating Eleanor. And like, yeah, turns out Grandma has some powers. Turns out Grandma might be a witch. Yeah, and she, through witch magic, pinches Eleanor's throat, and Eleanor loses the ability to speak. Yeah, and fucking Eleanor, dude, I feel so bad for her. Yeah, it, every bad thing happens to. Eleanor. Or this, she has to sit on the rice longer. She gets her voice taken. She's repeatedly sexually assaulted. In this yeah. thing. It is wild how fucked up it is for Eleanor in this. Yeah, and I mean, given the time period, it wouldn't be great to be like a housemaid in someone's house anyway, because that means yeah. that you started out from a position in which your parents probably sold you. Yeah, you know. So yeah. she already wasn't given the best shot at life to begin with, but then to just be continually shit on like this—that's yeah. rough. Yeah. Rough oh, for Eleanor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it never stops until the end of this movie. Yeah. Rough time for Eleanor. Mm-hmm. So after the fact, Mary returns, is, you know, she and Grandma and Matthew have left Eleanor in the chicken coop. And the groundskeeper finds her and he gives her one of the poison berries, presumably, to be like, you could finish yourself if you needed to. But she doesn't. Right. Back in the house, Mary poisons some tea, which I was... I thought they were berries, right? But then that thing dissolved right. no, unlike a berry. No, it's something else. It's something else. Yeah, but I don't know what. Yeah, but whatever. Magic poison berries. Sure. Meanwhile, Mary's father confesses to his mother, the matriarch grandma lady, that he had this tiny book that he brought into the house, and then it disappeared. And he thinks that this book is what introduced evil to the house. And he's asking his, his mom his mother to remove the maid from the house because you know he's already introduced one evil he doesn't need to to corrupt his daughter basically like he's kind of like i've I've already introduced her to evil we need to remove any other sources of evil or any further evil or prevent further evil or whatever yeah meanwhile mary straight up murders her grandma with some poison tea and then signals to eleanor that the deed is done Mm -hmm. and then we get to the next chapter of the movie in which it is grandma's funeral She's explaining to the Witchfinder General that it was her family's tradition to observe a day of silence whenever someone in the family passes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a very everybody's in black, everybody's standing around, grandma's coffin, everybody's silent. Meanwhile, a stranger arrives at the property with a bag of dead chickens and says that he's just, he's coming to deliver what he was asked to deliver. Mm-hmm. And the groundskeeper tells him to go to the kitchen and that the Eleanor will answer, but that she can't speak. And then he gives the stranger the little bag of poison berries and tells him to give the bag to Eleanor because she needs some 
for preparing dinner. Meanwhile, while the family is standing around in the room being silent, Grandma's finger starts to twitch. And at this first, is the creepiest part. And at first, only Mary notices, and she doesn't even signal anyone. But then Matthew notices, and then he, you know, nudges his mom, and then the whole Little family notices. Fink. He's the perpetual rat fink. In oh this. my god! Right? <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Is all I'm gonna Snitches say get- about Matthew. Snitches get berries, what? Yep. (laughs) So in the kitchen, Eleanor lets the stranger in, and he's got chickens, and they're plucking chickens, and he's talking about the story of his scar, and how when he was born, he had this mark, and his mom took him to one doctor, who said it it was a defect from his brain. Yes. And then a few years later, she took him to another doctor, who said he could burn it off with a candle, and then a few years later- Which is horrifying. Yeah! Oh, Jesus- (sighs) And then a few years later, she took him to another doctor who told her that the mark was like the physical sign of uh, being born out of wedlock. And that if she got rid of him, that it would be a signal to God that she was starting over clean. And as in as his reaction to that, he then stabbed his mother and bribed the doctor out of money. And this is his way of explaining how trade works, which what comes next makes me think he doesn't know it. How trade works. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that not that not be it? No. Not how trade works, dog? No. No. No, it is not. No. No. So after explaining this, he shows Eleanor that he's got the bag of berries and he says, you know, what can he, what can she give him for this thing that he was supposed to give her anyway? Which again, this is not how trade works on like several different levels. Yeah. Yeah. But then he sexually assaults Eleanor in exchange for the berries, which were supposed to be. His anyway. Mean, or hers anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, Grandma's finger starts to turn black. Or no, even mm-hmm. before this, Dad checks to see if Grandma's breathing, because they've all noticed the twitching finger, decides she's not, so of course he has to cut off the double finger, because, you know, that's what makes sense. But they're distracted when they hear a commotion in the kitchen. And then when they turn back around, no twitching fingers. They're like, oh, sweet, so we don't have to cut off Grandma's finger, but then <laughs> Grandma's finger starts to turn black. And the strangers in the kitchen and he asks if he can take some bread with him and Eleanor says yes. And then when he reaches for it, she kind of gives him a false sense of security and then cuts his finger off and he leaves with the bread anyway. So the family sits down to dinner. So the maid is now being made to kneel on the rice again, which means that Mary's taking her place as sitting, you know, standing in the, against the wall and serving everyone. And she's in the kitchen Kind of making the decision on, am I going to poison my whole family? Yeah, probably. Yep, sure am. Yep, yep. yep. (laughs) Except she doesn't want to poison her brother. So she does the thing where she, you know, specifically leaves one teacup kind of out of of alignment with the others that she knows which one is safe. Mm -hmm. So she goes back in, gives everybody tea, and the... I don't know if it's if he, if he was taking advantage of the fact that no one could tell him no, but the kid is just like, oh, I get to put so much right, sugar in this. Right, because it's silence. Right. Yeah. That's, okay, that makes sense because I was like, why is dad not just putting a stop to this? I mean, I think it's interesting that in this case, his sort of religious practice or his tradition prevents him from speaking, from like having the agency to stop a tragedy within his family's home which is kind of thematically makes sense for what's kind of happening in the mm-hmm. larger plot. But I I had forgotten that they had the day of silence because I was like, say something, Dad, instead of just looking mad while the kid is grabbing a bunch of sugar. Yeah, and even the mom was giving him a look like, well, 
feel like you could just put your hand over the cup. You right? know what I mean? Remove the sugar yeah. or something, you yeah. know? And his yeah. family is clearly not opposed to physical punishment, you know? Slap his hand. Right. You know? There's other signals. But instead, the dad just switches teacups Whoops. with his son. Yep. So everybody drinks tea. Everybody starts vomiting up blood or bile or some such. And everybody dies except for dad, Mary, and Eleanor. So Mary and Eleanor are relieved. They're kind of celebrating that they get to escape this family. Mary gives her dad a speech, a very meaningful speech about this is what silence did to our family. Mm-hmm. And dad is guilty. He knows, or at least he feels that he brought this on his family because he brought in the book. The book influenced yeah. Mary. And then it caused all this. It caused Mary to be driven to the point of poisoning her whole family. And then dad gets shot. Because the stranger is back. The reason yep. why he scrambled took that bread, even though his whole finger was gone, was because before going in, he had asked the groundskeeper if his gun was worth an exchange of bread. So he went back out with his loaf of bread, exchanged it for the groundskeeper's gun, comes back in, shoots dad. And Mary's trying to bribe their way out of it by saying, you can have this house. There's a lot of gold buried in the backyard. We don't want any. We can just leave. But Eleanor makes the move to step out from behind Mary so that he can take the shot and yep. he shoots Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Fucking Eleanor. <sighs> Poor Eleanor. Poor Eleanor. Yeah. So while Mary's on the ground, just kind of like and this this is interesting because I, I kind of thought about this when he first shows up, mm-hmm. but I didn't really put anything to it. I didn't latch onto the idea because I was like, ah, there's some detail that's not important or I'm missing something or whatever. But she starts asking him who called him. Yeah. And how did he know to come here? And what voice did he hear? Yeah. And that's when grandma starts to sit up in the coffin behind her. Yeah. Never Ugh. trust Mary Shaw, man. Never mm-hmm. trust her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a good little twisty twist. Yeah. Yeah. So the stranger uh, slips out. Grandma walks up to Mary and gives her back the book and tells her to read. So she reads the story of the woman from... I can't remember the city name. Bethesda? No, Bethabara. Bethabara. Lady of the old lady of Bethabara. So the chapter one was Temple of the Earthly Desires. Chapter two was the monstrous birth, which is when we're introduced to the guy with the with the birthmark. And then cha- the third chapter is the old lady of Bethabara. And she reads the story about essentially a woman who falls in love with her maid and they go to the river to be together and they come across an old woman who witnesses them and they try to drown her or something just so that she won't tell anybody what she saw but in the end the old lady drowns them the the women and blinds one of them and blinds one of them and turns out it's kind of telling the story of grandma which makes Mm -hmm. me wonder is grandma some sort of supernatural creature that was the original I, I want to talk about what we think the theory. Yeah. I, I, we got to talk about theories when we get to yeah. the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So as she's reading from the book, Grandma walks up behind her and then stabs her eyes out with her thumbs. Yeah. Mary's a little too passive in this. Maybe don't let her shove your fingers in your eyes. I mean, I know that's a crazy response, but... I've... Yeah, the audacity, Rachel, to try to fight off an old lady who's shoving her thumbs in your eyes. I mean, I get eyes. it was a different time. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary's blinded. Somehow the Witchfinder General shows up to the house for some reason. And I think he comes he, maybe in. he was called as well. I think so. 
because then she doesn't she ask him the same thing about what voice or i know yeah. what voice you heard yeah so he comes to the house like in his posse or whatever and they come into the poisoned dinner room scene where it's just crazy with bodies yes and then they can hear it's grandma's voice humming so they follow that sound upstairs where they find Mary completely blind and yet still holding a candle, still lighting up the room, even though she's blind. And she tells them to give her a day to mourn <laughs> and to leave food in the room. And then she'll tell them the story. So now that story, Mary's story has been completely told, they lead her out into the woods where they're going to hang her, I'm assuming, for being a witch or possibly a murderer or maybe both probably a murderer right yeah, yeah maybe murder oh yeah because she did recite the lord's prayer completely yeah. so yeah. obviously she's not a witch obviously uh, she's that's not how it works it's how right? it works it is known so they're gonna hang her for murder and they do but then as mary is hanging there mary ends up with one black twitching finger all right so what is your theory of all this I don't even know if I have a solid enough theory to be like, this is what I think. But I, it's because that story so closely modeled what Mary's story was, it made me wonder if Grandma was a witch who is who knows how old and is the original old lady in that story. Because it's something about she chooses this land to be some sort of sacred spot uh-huh. kind of thing. So I was like, well, maybe... Maybe she's the original subject matter of this story in this creepy little book, or is it like a passed down spirit thing? The original lady just keeps jumping through this family from one woman to the next or something. I don't know. I'm so confused about yeah. I don't I don't know. I really don't know what I think. I mean, this is. I think here's my theory, and I I don't know that any of these theories are like a hundred percent waterproof, but The dad brought the book into the house, right? So presumably it didn't, it wasn't passed through the family. It's something he brought into the house. My feeling is that 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 book is some sort of cursed book. And when it came into the house, it did possess the the grandma with whatever this old lady of, what was it? Barbershop. Yes, the nail. Yeah, that right. one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it sort of played out this story. And then what happened was once it they had completed the story, it had found a new host. Now the daughter is going to be the one that's possessed by the. That makes more sense than mine. And mine was such a thin, like, I was just kind of like, I just am drawing parallels, but I don't know what it means. Or well, like... I mean, the thing is broken up literally into chapters, and each of the chapters are named after chapters in the book, and each of the chapters follow the plot of the chapter in the book. So, I, I, I think Cursed think... Book is the is the most solid theory we've yeah. got right now. I think so, too. I think that yeah. is what happened. But then, what? the only problem with that is, does that mean that the love affair between the two characters, was it just playing out because it was the book? Or was it the book able to become an effective curse object because some of the conditions existed? If that's the case, I think that thematically this thing makes a lot more sense. It's talking about the hypocrisy of religion. If it isn't, then basically what it's it, what is it saying about its queer characters that like 
they had to be possessed by a book in order to yeah so that gets a little tricky to me and i and yeah i think it comes down to the europeanness of it all you know (laughs) what i mean this feels much more like european folklore than american folklore to me Mm -hmm. yeah if you watch something like uh uh, what is it the satan's claw one there's uh, the whole possessed you know teenagers that get into all of that there's not a lot of explanation it's just that they've had access to satan's claw right and the madness that sort of ensues that sort of spiritually feels similar to this as opposed to something like jug face which is like american folklore and i i think some of where i'm struggling with this movie that feel like plot holes to me are things that i think are just caused by the fact that there's a cultural kind of thing happening I think there's a shorthand that I'm missing. Does that make sense? It does, because I kind of had that same feeling in watching this where I was like, I'm following, but am I? Right. It feels like there's something that I'm not getting stylistically or something. It feels like there's things that are being implied that would be obvious to a different audience. Yes. You know? That's exactly it. And I also feel like there's a little bit of a Wuthering Heights thing happening here. A lot of the stuff is happening off camera because so Mm -hmm. much of the story takes place before the movie starts yeah they just drop you in media res you get one scene of them where you see the relationship between the two of them but it it does just kind of drop you in after the fact so there's it's it's strange it's a strange place to start and finish you think of the whole story and all the preamble to just just clip out this little bit is interesting we don't see him get the book we don't know the origin of the book all that stuff happens before the film takes place Or even what his motivation to get the book was, because it seems like the way it tells these stories feels biblical, stylistically, but they're so religious that you'd think they would be against getting, you know, owning something that so closely mirrored a Bible when it's not a Bible. You know, you'd think that that kind of object would make him be like, oh, you know, idols or something. You know what I mean? But what was even his motivation behind wanting this book in the first place? Or was it just because it is a cursed object so it made him want to own this book wherever it came from? Or yeah. find I don't know. I don't know. I'm not necessarily upset by all the question marks no. that I have. It's so tense and it's so slow burn mm-hmm. and it's so just chilling in some of the way these things are shot and yeah. I enjoyed it. It's, I it's much it. more like a mood piece than it is a narrative. <laughs> and I think if you're in the in the right mood for a mood piece, this is going to give you all you want. Because yeah. it is very moody, like you said, very atmospheric, visually really interesting. And even though the narrative isn't always like come together, the individual performances, I think, across the board are pretty great. I think <laughs> the grandma is really scary. I think... Even the the guardsman, his performance is really interesting. And Rory Culkin, who comes in as the the sort of the stranger, stranger is actually really creepy. He comes in and chews up the scenery. Yeah. And it's so against type of what we're used to seeing him play. I'm thinking about Scream 4. I'm thinking right. about, you know, or like uh, Signs or something. like. I, I, he, he doesn't come in as the mysterious stranger to me. You know what I mean? That's not his his lane. And you know what? Maybe it should be. Because yeah. he's really kind of great in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His character's involvement is so interesting when we get to Mary asking him who called him and what voice yeah. did he hear. Yeah. Because then it, it almost makes him... I mean, I know surface value you could say that it was, you know, whatever possessed grandma is able to draw in the things that she needs from the outside world. Because they are a really secluded house. It's not like they live in town. 
you know, it, you go to that house because for a purpose. You don't mm-hmm. come across this house with business, you know. And the fact that he was mysteriously called, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to imply that A, Grandma has powers, which we already know, yeah. or B, if he himself is some sort of supernatural element, some sort of, I don't know, antichrist figure or like a horseman of the apocalypse type Mm -hmm. figure you know it almost felt like he was an element of the curse itself rather than just some stranger who heard yeah the possessed witchy grandma so it's interesting yeah totally it reminded me a lot did you see the green knight Mm -mm. so the green knight is an arthurian tale type of thing it's about one of the knights of the round table and A24 put out a movie about it late last year, I think. Really good. It's really excellent. But it has the same sort of folky, although in that case, it's obviously more of a fantasy kind of thing. But it totally, it's very similar. And also the way that it does not spoon feed you a lot. Things just kind of happen, but it doesn't necessarily. And and characters aren't so much your typical fully fleshed out characters as they are sort of archetypes that come in and out of the film Mm -hmm. and i think that this kind of lives in that sort of weird like it's horror but it's also but it's kind of presented in a fantasy sort of way yeah yeah i mean Mm -hmm. yeah because and i mean most of this movie got a very like oh it's a supernatural element in a real world setting but until the stranger shows up that just gives it a new it gives it a new dark fairy tale yes feel yes to it. yes dark fairy tale that's the word i'm looking for it is very dark fairy tale and i think maybe that's where my confusion is is because i'm expecting it to be in one lane which is sort of period horror drama about religious persecution and it is that but the way that it's actually executed is done in a fair dark fairy tale manner yeah that is I, like. I do too it's interesting but it plays with your expectations and so I think I was having some confusion around it. But now that I can re- sort of mentally reframe it, it's all clicking into place for me a little bit more. Because it, it does almost feel like it's fulfilling that formulaic, like this is our learning tale formula. These are the sta- the steps we go through. These are the sta- stages we go through. But it's almost like you realize it late in the game where all yeah. of a sudden you're looking back and like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's an interesting movie it's it's unlike i think i thought it was gonna be more like fear street 1666 where the setting is period but the mentality of our lead characters are modern and it it all sort of takes place in this sort of reality adjacent space but i don't know i liked it overall i did like this movie i thought it was interesting thought it was really interesting but i needed to process it i think to get to that place i was entertained while i was watching it but i was like i when it credits rolled i was like i don't know how i feel but i think i because i just it was not a spoon feed kind of movie and i needed to talk it out Mm -hmm. and now that it's now that i'm seeing it through the prism of dark fairy tale i'm like okay that's fucking interesting it's like american folk or through the lens of dark fairy tale. I, that's very strange, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I liked it too. I actually really like it. I mean, but you know me, I love a slow burn movie. Me too. Me too. And I love that creepy, chilling, on edge kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of movie. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we got another winner here. That was really, it was really interesting. All right. So though, the question is, if you were going to watch it again, what adult beverage would you 
care with blessing or not. This actually came to me earlier today. Okay. Because I was like, oh, that's right. I, I mean, after all these years, I still, I'm getting better at remembering, but yeah, I'm like for sure. one out of 10, which yeah. is better than I was before, right. which is 100% like, oh, right. This thing we do every single time, I forgot. <laughs> but if I was to rewatch this again mm-hmm. with an adult beverage, mm-hmm. it would have to be a Long Island iced tea. A Long, oh, because of the poison tea. And also this takes place near Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> the po- it, it, that is the poison tea. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I still remember <laughs> the, the day I was too old for Long Island iced teas when I was leaning against a car vomiting. When I-, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we're done with that. <laughs> Although it was really, that was the crazy thing where I was at Matilda's house and I was throwing up outside her house and then I went home. And then the next day, they I found out that, like, on her street, you know, a block away, they had found a murder basement. What? Yes. Do you not know this? No. Yes. There was somebody who was a biker that lived on her street that had, like, a straight-up saw basement. Oh, my God. And they busted them that night. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. The police were en route when I was barfing in front of her house. Apparently, the hardened police that showed up were, like, shook by what they found in the basement. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Next time we're all together, you got to ask Matilda about the murder basement on her street. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. Can you imagine you throwing up at Long Island iced teas being like, oh, what else could possibly happen Uh, tonight? I'm having the worst night in the (laughs) world. A murder basement two blocks away. But, yeah yeah she said that it was super sketch that always been like Ugh, that house is super sketchy and then turns out it actually was like btk wow. basement yep jesus yep 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 <sighs> <laughs> on that cheery note <laughs> uh listeners what did you think of the last thing mary saw because presumably you watched it because we told you we were going to spoil it let us know or whatever is on your mind. We love to hear from you. You can always reach us at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Or you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast. Our girl Ariel is like our social media director and she is so good at it. We are a solid follow. She cracks me up every day with the stuff she puts on there. Oh my God, it's true. And oh she's, she's so good at it. She is. We're a great follow is the point. So you should definitely follow us on social media. And if you're enjoying the show, I know I always ask you to do this, but it would really mean the world to us if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your your pods. Uh, if it's on Spotify, please do rate and review us there. That's really, really helpful. It makes us feel good. It actually makes a difference. I know it doesn't. It seems like a little thing, but it actually is like a big deal. So if you would do that, that'd be rad. And if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, definitely check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the streaming services. There's a new one. There's a new one. It's called like Terror Film. That's right. I'm tracking a new streaming service (laughs) every week. There's a new one. (laughs) So don't live your life like me. Live your life with the calendar that I have created for you because it will make you, I mean, you won't miss anything. And there's so much stuff out there. You don't want to miss it, right? Right. Oh, there's too much stuff out there. You got to get started. Babe, there's <laughs> so much stuff out there. Every day there's a new... I'm, I joke, but I'm not joking. There's like a it, new streaming service at least once a month. 
Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. I'm like, okay, Arrow. Okay, cool. I got I got my handle on Arrow. I'm good. I'm good. Terror films. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you want to represent your girls, you can do so by checking out our sweet, sweet merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. I have to say, the Stream Queen shirt is the best one. It's rad. It's kind of rad. It's kind of rad. I know it's super narcissistic because it's our faces on it, but it's just a cool shirt. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely check that out. Get yourself some magnets or whatever it is. Like, I definitely have magnets on my fridge. Maybe I am a narcissist. Anyway, don't be like me. Don't make magnets of yourself. Buy magnets of me. Yeah. <laughs> Buy magnets of us instead. Yes. I still remember when the designer like sent it back to me and she had you scared. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she needs to be sassy and holding a glass of bourbon. And then she sent it back to me and I was like, oh my God. There it is. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot <laughs> wait to show Mars. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, yep, that nailed us both. Yes. Yeah. I run in my mouth. <laughs> and you're looking like what and drinking a bourbon <laughs> awesome okay so and if you love us and you want to support us the, one of the other great ways to do it is to support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you get extended episodes you get bonus episodes you get our live show is coming up next month that's going to be a lot of fun there will be costumes i'm just putting that out there if you want to see the costumes we also have, like I said, bonus episode that we're recording next weekend. I hope you're ready for another rematch of King's Cup. <laughs> See, like, it's the thing where it's like, yeah, I feel ready now. Yeah. Day of. And we're like, oh, I might have to pregame King's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I support pregaming. I probably am going to pregame myself because even I get nervous. I, because I'm like, okay, I want this to be fun for everyone. And so I get all super nervous and awkward. So I probably will do a little pregame myself. And all like all I think of is the last time we played oh when God. everybody was like, not the accent card, and who gets on her first card the accent card? That this was lady, insane! You all pulled the accent card. I think you got two. Somebody got two because I didn't get one, and they were I don't know in the first. They were like the first, the third, and the seventh, and the tenth card. It was. Crazy. It was in a round because I got mine and I was like, oh, fuck. And I I only said one thing as, oh, who, who, what was my accent? You were Catherine. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I was, I only said one thing as Catherine Hepburn before the next person pulled the accent card and I didn't have You're to do like, it anymore. You're like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Ariel that got it twice. Bless her heart. She's the I worst know. luck. But I was, I recorded with her earlier today and I was reminding her that that's what's happening next week. And she's like, oh God, I have to come <laughs> up with new accents. And so like my plan was originally to replace that because everybody hated it. But now that you guys are practicing new accents i guess we're gonna keep it i mean we hated it in the best way if it had happened later more rounds yeah if it had happened later after we'd been drinking a little Mm -hmm. bit wouldn't have been a big deal but starting off cold with an accent starting off cold with an accent also in very early in the bonus ground bonus episode game you guys didn't really know each other that well yet yeah there was a lot going on with that one (laughs) yeah that was rough that was a rough first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at the rules and we may tweak some things, but I I think we're gonna keep the accent. I think you should. I think honestly. we have like... to. I know it's not my fault. I have to. <laughs> it's out of your hands. Ariel's editing this right now. Like you fucking bitch. <laughs> Got it. I tried to get her to do a southern accent on the spot. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
bless her heart. But she said she's going to work on it. She's going to work on it. All right. Okay. But anyway, so people, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be, like I said, Ariel, Mars, and our buddy DJ. We're all going to get wasted and be stupid. And we hope that you come join us and listen. And, and when we have the live show, you get to tweet along and talk with us. So definitely join the Patreon at some point. All right. Recent uh, guest appearance plug section I have written in the notes, so I shall do so. What if what shows have we been on recently? Well, obviously, Bloody Good Horror, one of our really good pod friends, Ariel and myself, were on the episode where we reviewed Firestarter, which um, it's a movie, but the conversation was great. So yes, check out Bloody Good Horror. You should, if you're not already a subscriber, it's a great, great show. We adore them. They're all amazing people. They're so smart. I've been listening to that show for a decade. And so getting to be on there every once in a while is truly a dream come true. And we had a really, really fun conversation talking about Firestarter. So check that out. And then, of course, we love our collaborations with the boys over at Here's Johnny. And next episode, they shall be back, back, back again to review two Hellraiser movies because we got to pick up the pace. There's still a lot of them left. There's still six left. So I had no idea there were so many Hellraisers. Yeah. There's a lot of Hellraisers. I I think I knew conceptually there were a lot of Hellraisers. But I was so blinded by the idea of doing the first few that I forgot (laughs) that the majority of them are not the first few. So we're going to double up. We're going to do Hellraiser 4 and 5. And then we'll do 6 and 7 and then 8 and 9. And then by then, hopefully we'll have an idea of when the new one is coming out. And that will be a standalone. But so for those of you playing along, 4 and 5. My understanding is four is interesting. That's how I remember it. It may be shit, but I remember it being interesting. And there's somebody in it that is wild. Okay. Somebody who, I don't know if this is his first thing he ever did. He's like a fetus in it. But Hmm. you'll definitely recognize him. And it's an actor that we all adore. Okay. But he is a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And those guys are always fun. And we'll torture Larry. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. It's funny. We did a little that witch watch party for Justin's birthday. And <laughs> Eddie says that we're on the verge of being cruel to Larry. And I was like, <laughs> what? I don't want to be cruel. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I mean, I yes. He, yes. Sensitive tastes. But I think he, I think he's a good sport. I about think so, it. too. I think so, too. But I guess I should be more gentle. But it's my problem. Here's the problem is that my love language is teasing and giving people a hard time. I don't do it with people that I don't care about, that I don't like, that I don't feel comfortable with. It's how I banter. It comes from such a good place. And Larry is such a reactor that I it just makes it on steroids. But I got to be careful because <laughs> I don't ever want to push him too far. You know, I adore him. And I don't want to break the poor dude, even though I act like I do. I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Reel me in. Reel me in. (laughs) Although Ariel says she edits those, she dies because Justin and I are like monsters. And then you're, (laughs) but then you're in the background like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, what are you going to do? So everybody watch Hellraiser four and five for the next episode. All right. So that is it for us today, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to play a little game called Liquor or Lies, which Mars is going to have to guess some things. Okay. And then we have some spooky stories about haunted churches. Oh. Yeah. 
So it's going to okay. be, it's going to be fun. So stick around. Uh, and if you are a patron, you get the whole dang old thing instead of just the teaser. All right. That is it. So Marzi, take us out. So as always, thank you for coming back. If you are playing along next Next time, it's going to be Hellraiser 4 and 5, so go ahead and watch those somewhere. I don't know. I haven't even looked for them yet, if I'm being honest. I think Amazon Prime, maybe. I don't know. Watch those. We're bringing back the Here's Johnny guys. We're going to talk about it. We're continuing on that journey. But until then, that's all. Good night, folks. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. I've just made Mars listen to me talk about Drag Race for 10 minutes. That's how good a friend she is. She's still here. <laughs> <laughs> You are a good friend, not just because of that, but just latest proof. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marzi, I have a game for you. My question is, are you up for a game, first of all? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Always. All right. How, on a scale of one to ten, how skilled and, like, how how deep are your skills in terms of, like, liquor knowledge? Mm. I don't know, because it's, like... In some very specific categories, mm-hmm. I'd say fairly strong, but as a whole, uh, I, I am six and a half, okay. seven maybe. You've perused a lot of liquor stores, right? So do you feel mm-hmm. like in terms of generally like understanding what's out there in the world of, of boozy boozness, do you feel like you have a, a decent sort of like radar yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. I'd say so. Decent grasp. Okay, good. Well, then this should be a lot of fun because we're going to play a game called Liquor or Lies. Lies. (laughs) So we've uh, we've assembled a list of the strangest alcohol flavors. Some of them are real. Some of them aren't. And all of them probably shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know from you, which of these are real and which of these are fake? Sound fun? Okay. All right, yeah. there are 13. Okay. Okay. All right. So, first things first is this a real flavor? Fruit Loops flavored vodka. I'm going to. Okay. So, my instinct says that it, the first one wouldn't be a lie, like just to start right. the game off, mm-hmm. but that sounds like fucking bananas. Yes. So, I'm going to go with lie. I love that you're doing the. um like Princess Bride Iocane powder <laughs> with this. <laughs> but uh, have, of course the first one wouldn't be a lie, but you would assume that I would assume that. So <laughs> obviously the first one is a lie because you assume that. No, sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that answer is incorrect. Fruit Loops flavored vodka is real. That's a painful piece of knowledge. Yeah. This is like when I had that peanut butter and jelly vodka. There was a period of time where I don't know, I got on some list and when I, this is back when I worked at the mag, like the old magazine a million years ago, I got on some list and so shit would just show up in the mail and I got all kinds of weird beverages and one of them was peanut butter and jelly vodka. But did you, did, did you like it? Yes. (laughs) It was, you know what, I didn't like it. Like, I couldn't drink a bunch of it. You know what I mean? Like, in that Mm -hmm. way. 
but it actually tasted like peanut butter and jelly. It was interesting. Like you got the fruitiness at the front, but then there was like a peanut butter aftertaste. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. I don't even know if this alcohol brand still exists or what, but I definitely have had peanut butter and jelly. So I'm, they also had a cotton candy that I did not like. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me just make sure I didn't spoil anything. Okay. It did not go. Okay. Next one. Salted caramel gin. Oh, real. I think. I think real. That sounds real. I mean, gin? Er- wait. The gin throws me because gin already has such a strong juniper taste. Yeah. That it seems like flavoring that would be tricky. Yeah. But also they have a Fruit Loops vodka. That is true. But also vodka is easy to flavor. That is also true. It doesn't have a lot of flavor to begin with. (laughs) Okay. So salted salted caramel? Salted caramel gin. I'm going to go with lye. I changed my mind. Ding, ding, ding. You got yes. it. You got it. I logic my way through that. I you was like, did. juniper berries? You can't make juniper berries taste like caramel. <laughs> I mean, there's a, get ready. There are some abominations in here. <laughs> like, I, I assure you. 